0: And welcome to episode 12 of the Backseat GM Podcast. I'm Ben Rauman,
1: And I'm Spuds, the Zaxter.
0: How you doing, Zach? Not great. Not great? Do you want to uh, elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Uh, just uh, a girl picked a guy over me.
0: Just in time for Valentine's Day, huh?
1: Been talking to, uh, since October. Mm-hmm. And she, uh found a better guy than me.
0: Well, you were talking to other girls, too.
1: I was, but this is the girl I like the most. Hmm. We talked about how we would talk about these things before they happen. To each other the first shot.
0: Kind of got blindsided, huh? Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, it's a somber note to start the podcast on. But, you know that's the state of things right now it's a it's a somber state of affairs in our in our world, you know, and in Zach's love life, but yeah, moving on to more pressing matters um we haven't been on the podcast uh, for a couple of weeks now Zach um I think you know we just need some space need some time time away from each other um to get some fresh <laughs> ideas. You know,
1: yeah, it, it, to you cultivate know, some
0: stories and some great content, and now we're back and we're we're refreshed, we're recharged, you know, you know, spurned by former lovers, but
1: it's not you know, like we uh, didn't talk play like, playing Warzone or whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> space away from the podcast. Space away from you know this this space, this creative outlet. Let's go to the first segment of our show the Kevin McHale the part of the show where Zach and I talk about a beer we picked and popped this week uh, crafty hops with sneaky athleticism Zach uh, do you want to go first what's your Kevin McHale this week
1: uh, my Kevin McHale I've already started Kevin McHale before this podcast if you haven't if you couldn't tell um, but it wasn't
0: that's Kevin why you're McHale. in your fields
1: yeah I'm drinking okay. equal, equal parts Bruin and Tropic IPA, and it's uh, very bright. Bright fruit, fruit flavor is not too heavy, uh, quaffable, not creamy, slight bitterness. But. Um,
0: it's a uh, New great. England?
1: No. Um, just, just your standard IPA right here, an American IPA. Okay. Um, but I think it leans a little bit more west coast. But it's a very clean west coast. And it's got like the fruit of an east coast with a slight bitterness of the west coast. Gotcha.
0: I'm having an IPA as well right now. Um, my Kevin McHill this week is Elysian Brewing's Space Dust IPA. This is a favorite of mine and Zach. Um, this was one of Zach's first loves uh, in the craft beer world. Um, until he realized that it was part of a bigger company, or it got bought by a bigger company. Uh, yeah, otherwise. so I, w-
1: yeah, I was up in Washington two years ago, and I was just starting to get into craft beer scene. And I see, I was finished around with golf. I love West Coast IPAs. It's like this is beautiful space dust. I love space. Favorite movie's Interstellar. This is amazing. You know, I drank it. drank a couple. It's very, it's creamy, piney fruity and it's just just so it's just so perfect. So I thought this was I never really seen it because I hadn't really shopped for craft beers before then. So, you know, i get back, Ben and I are doing our thing. And I'm like, wow, we'll be going through Walmart. And I'm trying to find a trying to find a table for a beer pong in the back of our apartment. And I see space dust. I'm like, holy shit! Walmart has space dust? How'd they get space dust? No one gets space dust.
0: It's so, well, just, uh, just a yeah. small little, you know, small little brewery. I can't believe that yeah. they have a Seattle beer here.
1: Smoked across state lines, apparently. Um, and then we do a little more research. This is bought out by, you know, Anheuser-Busch. And whenever that happens, like Goose Island is bought out by Anheuser-Busch. Distribution goes way up. But I think the quality goes down. So then it's not as special, you know. Like, I'm drinking this underground beer can, this beer... Then the beer can just has a sticker on it, It's not something printed. Like I, I feel so like, a fucking craft pole right now. And that's what I like. That's what I like to be when I'm drinking beer. Until my next beer, all right. Craft pour. So was... <laughs> craft pour. So no, I like, to... I
0: like that. I like that, uh... that. Yeah, you should trademark that.
1: I Feel like it's slightly offensive, but I don't know. <laughs> you
0: don't
1: know.
0: I don't so. Like you're sensitive. Uh,
1: so, Ben, ben we're going to get home from Walmart. I'm all looking forward to trying this beer. then then, Ben, what happens?
0: Yeah, so we had a lot to carry because, you know, we had a whole beer pong table we were carrying up to the apartment. And we had a couple other beers and I don't know what else. We bought some stuff from Walmart. I think, like, a garbage can for me or whatever because we were just moving into the apartment. And uh, we have our hands full so much that we have to take a couple trips from the elevator. Um... And as we're going back to fetch the rest of our stuff, um, the elevator door closes with the Space Dust IPA in it, along with a couple other of our groceries and stuff. And uh, yeah, we were, you know, oh shit, you know, let's, gotta go catch the elevator. And uh, not two minutes later, we catch the elevator and we go inside and behold the space dust vanished in the thin air like a black hole had eaten it up. Oh!
1: Nice reference. The, re- thing.
0: the rest of our stuff was there, but uh, this beer full of pure starglow energy with Chinook mm. and citrus. Amarillo. That
1: that's what the craziest part is. We had we had chips. We had um, other shit like garbage cans or whatever. We had like toiletries. We had all this other shit. They didn't take any of that.
0: Some craft whore just scooped it up out of the <laughs> elevator and took it back to their apartment, I guess. I hope they had a good time with it. I hope they had a good night.
1: They probably took it because they thought it was some super rare super rare brew.
0: Yes. Some underground uh Seattle craft local brewery. <laughs> but alas, Aniser like really bought Bought 'em out. So uh that's our Kevin McHills for this week. Uh now we can move on to the airballing of grievances, the part of the show where Zach and I talk about something we need to get off our chest this week. Uh, I'll go first, if you don't mind, Zach, uh, since I know you were still, you know, formulating in your brain exactly what you wanted to say here.
1: Um, I'm just not, a, I'm not an angry person, Ben. So this, this segment's always tough for me.
0: It Doesn't come naturally for you no, uh, no, until no. you're until you're on war zone and you're screaming expletives top of your lungs at 12:30 in the morning.
1: I've never that's not me
0: you didn't have the angle <laughs> <laughs> I was flanking <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was flanking <laughs> uh, um, yeah so my airbilling of grievance this week Uh. Ted Cruz took a little vacation took a little little Ted Cruz down to the Caribbean Cancun little booze cruise <laughs> Exactly. Um, during one of the greatest national crises that uh, Texas has seen in a long time, um, I'm sure most of you are aware of the frigid temperatures It's caused power to go out and, you know, electricity, water, all that become suddenly unavailable due to Texas's shoddy infrastructure. I shouldn't say that because they're not, you know, used to having temperatures like this, like, ever. So you wouldn't expect them to be prepared for extended, an extended cold snap like this. Like, you know, Shiner cold snap reference there. I don't know if you caught that, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was Sam, Sam Adams. Is it? I thought yeah. it was Shiner's. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's got the
1: little owl on it.
0: Makes less sense, Texas. No. Yeah. Anyway, i um, pretty sure shoner had a cold something. I don't know. It was in their crappy winter six-pack or variety-pack thing.
1: But yeah, anyway,
0: be. I digress. Um, so, Ted Cruz leaves Texas in their you know, time of need. Not that Ted Cruz could necessarily do anything on his own. Like A lot of people are blaming him for not doing... He could, he could fundraise.
1: Lot. And he goes... He he could
0: fundraise. He could do private stuff to help, you know, use his platform to, you know, help out. AOC has raised millions of dollars already uh, for Texas uh, in the week or so that she's been fundraising. Um, But, yeah, Ted Cruz blamed his family for the reason that he went (laughs) to Cancun and he said – You know, my daughters would have been really disappointed if, you know, we hadn't gone to Cancun or whatever. But then text messages leaked with his wife where she basically said, let's just get out of here. Let's let's go somewhere warm right now since – the house is cold and everything. The house is freezing. So it's not like this was a planned trip by Ted that he does, like, every year or something like that, something that would be booked, you know, months in advance or anything. This is spur of the moment. You know, it's shitty here right now, so we're going to go to Cancun while you poors suffer.
1: (laughs) They left their their fucking dog
0: (laughs) Yes. That was the funniest part. There's a photo that some journalist went to his house, and the dog is, like, sitting in the in the window from the like the door or whatever the, the screen door and just like looking out longingly left the dog behind in the freezing house with their bodyguard if they,
1: didn't out, if, they didn't, if they didn't put out food for the dog then
0: I mean I'm sure they had somebody taking care of the dog but still nonetheless it's a bad PR look for uh, old Tedster not that it really matters with his base but um, nonetheless
1: no, probably, um, yeah, am I, Off. yeah, and my I'm gonna my airballing grievances along the same lines. Um, you know, I'll have two airballing grievances. One, just quick. One is my my hometown's uh, Facebook feed. Um, everyone's defending Ted Cruz, so um, questionable. Um, so That's every reminder never to go on in America every small town, no doubt. Um, so I mean. That's nothing breaking news there. You're right. Um, I guess my my airborne agreements this week is deregulation. So what happened is in Texas, we have our own uh, energy grid. We did that because we wanted to be energy independent, and we were tired of supplying energy when the north had rolling blackouts. We didn't think we'd ever get cold, basically. So when all our power went out, um, we weren't able to tap into the nationwide energy grid. So – that's, that's part of the problem. But the point here for deregulation is the reason why we wanted to be alone is we wanted to foster innovation. Um, that's one argument for deregulation is you let the companies do what they want, and then they'll give you back something in return free of any restraint. But what happens is is private private companies, they have shareholders, and shareholders demand profits. ERCOT is the overall governing body for Texas. They never had a regulation for these power generators to winterize their uh, natural gas lines or any power sources, such as wind farms. So it was always a it was always a strong suggestion that these private companies would act in good faith and winterize. So um, when you don't regulate something and um, and you expect private companies to do something that's You know,
0: outside of their own outside of their own best interests, which is what capitalism is.
1: Capitalism with a lot of social social programs as well as regulation is something I agree with. But my overall air bond agreements is just you can't deregulate something and then just be like, hey, why don't you guys winterize? Hmm. We promised. Like, come on.
0: Hey, big business, we give you all these tax cuts. How about you um, give something back, you know? <laughs> that's not how exactly.
1: it works. So like, it's, ne- it, it's, it's never
0: how it's worked. Like, this isn't a new, this isn't a new, like, you know, revelation. This is how it's been for as long as well, capitalism has been a major economic theory. If we didn't
1: have the... Clean Air Act or the Clean Water Act. Private companies would be just pumping their waste into our rivers, streams, or air. So we you need regulation. It's not a it's not a new concept, but it's it's a new concept for this podcast this week. Um, regulation's good. Yeah. Regulation keeps people safe. I think I think it's smart, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. innovation.
0: Exactly. I think there's a really you know stigma about you know, regulation and everything within a capitalist framework. And I think that smart regulation is what you need. Like, there's regulation that doesn't take into account all the factors that might have consequences that are not intended for the initial purpose. And, like, you can rewrite those laws. You can talk about that. You can make something smarter, you know, um, smarter laws around, you know, certain industries, companies, whatever. but you still need regulation at the end of the day for capitalism to work. You know, it, you, you can't just have a completely deregulated economy. Or things would, you know, you'd have national disasters like this happen more often.
1: You'd have people putting the shittiest stuff in the food because it increases their pro- – pro- that's why we have an FDA. That's exactly. Why we have an that's yeah. why we have these things. Exactly. Right. Moving on.
0: Moving on, let's uh, let's. Do you want to talk about the NBA, Zach? I mean, Wait. I feel like that's that's what this podcast originally started as. You know,
1: As an NBA know. podcast. Like we're kind of on. A, we've been on a break for the last two weeks. You know. I, don't know, I feel like we should just talk about life. You know, like talk about what's happening in Uzbekistan right now.
0: I don't. Want to, I don't want this to turn into the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> let's talk about Uzbekistan. <sighs> Dude, like, have you
1: ever?
0: Ins- yeah, have you ever tried their DMT, bro? Like, oh. I was shitting rocks after that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's Elon Musk. Um, oh, let's talk yeah. about the NBA a little bit, Zach. Uh, something that hits a little close to home for you. Uh, some news that to dropped today: the Houston Rockets are. Okay. Cutting DeMarcus Cousins, or they agreed to mutually part ways, as uh, the report said. Um, Shams tweeted it out earlier this afternoon. Uh, He said that the Rockets are looking to go smaller. Um, Maybe they'll put, you know, Christian Wood at starting center. Um, And, you know, they want to give Cousins opportunity elsewhere. Kind of calls into question just how injured cousin still is. Um, they obviously, you know, feel like he's expendable since they're just deciding to cut him rather than trade him. Um, they obviously don't think they can get much on the on the market for him. So, where do you stand on this, SEC? What's what's your takeaway after hearing oh. this news?
1: It's interesting. You know, um, we just offered him a guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is something that the Rockets over the last couple of years have been, and rightfully so, criticized for the way they um, are not really player-friendly and they kind of just do things by the whim. Um, and they don't really value the players. So I think this is a way of saying, like, hey, um, I don't think it's any indictment on on his play or his injury or I think it's more just, um like, we're going to get to this later, but there's news that P.J. Tucker might be on the move. I think that since they're not going to be in win-now mode, they don't need these veterans on the team anymore. Um And Oladipo will be gone soon. John Wall probably, I mean, this is – we're not going to have these guys for very much longer. This is kind of like – I think Houston was kind of a trial period. People saw that Cousins can still give people minutes. Um So I think this is just a good faith thing where – um Giving cousins a chance to, cousins cousins won't be the only one that get this chance to. They'll we're gonna be losing Wall soon, two years. We'll be losing Oladipo after this year. So, um, why not trade him? I don't know. I don't know what you really can get back. And then if you trade him to a wrong team, then you're not player friendly. So. I wish we kept him. I liked him. Um, I don't like going small. We've gone small in the past. So Christian Wood at center is not as small as Peter Tucker is. Um, I like Cousins.
0: Christian Woods, I, I think six eleven, still.
1: Yeah. But he's just but he's more he's,
0: mobile. He's, he's, he's like, more of a mobile center. It's more going small by skill rather than actual size. So.
1: Yeah, I. He's more, of, in my opinion, he's more of a power forward. How he plays, like no center plays like. He plays, you know, right. off the dribble. He's like he's like a, he's like only, he plays like KD does, you know, but mm-hmm. with more post moves. But um, I'm not saying he's better than KD. I'm just saying like he, he's he's a ball handling center. Um, but anyway, the, uh, throw, I'll throw it back to you, but you know how high I was on Cousins. I kind of, I just, and then he and Wall seemed like we're close. So, I don't know. Yeah, they were I, excited
0: their Kentucky teammates excited to be playing together again and now you know 2 months after the start of the season they're already getting separated again kind of stinks um but i mean DeMarcus Cousins you know people are talking about you know maybe the bucks sign him or something like that i, I don't think that he's the answer for any team really like looking for a i mean starting center Position like his his prime is over. I think um, pretty clearly. Like he hasn't been the same since Sacramento. He played all right in in NOLA, but still wasn't up to his standards. And then the injuries happened, and you know he's bounced from contender to contender with Golden State, L.A., um, the Rockets, and hasn't really stuck. And I think there's a reason for that. I mean, successful organizations like the Warriors and Lakers. And, you know, even the Rockets, to a slightly lesser extent, like, they retain good talent, and they retain talent that they think is going to be valued t- valuable to them. So, um, I mean, I don't think you should be really losing that much sleep over the DeMarcus Cousins thing. I mean, it stinks from a fan perspective, just because, you know, he's a likable guy and seemed to have some chemistry with the existing guys there. Um so it, it stinks from that perspective, but I don't see like him being a needle mover on any contender this year or in the future really.
1: And uh, it's not like sad like, oh no, now we're not gonna make the playoffs, we're not gonna contend. content. We lost our last seven. Like we're slipping. It's not I'm not sad about like oh our chances are going down. But you know, for the month of February he only scored less than ten points three times. And, you know, with that he's averaging twelve Twelve and eight, to assist, and thirty-eight percent from three. Um, I think he. I think he is like. I think Celtics, Bucks. I mean, so Celtics wouldn't
0: gonna, be a bad out. option. Celtics have been in need of a center for a while. Um, yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing them take a swing at it. Um, the Bucks were trying to go smaller this year, but their depth is pretty, pretty poor. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it couldn't hurt to sign Cousins, see what happens, but, like, I wouldn't lose any sleep over not getting him either. Um, Do you have any final thoughts on that?
1: He's not your Sacramento Cousins. He's not your first-year New Orleans Cousins, but I think he's, uh, for what he is right now, a a very solid, um, like, seventh man almost. I think think most contenders will want him coming off the bench, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Though so he he's a little slow. I mean, his lateral quickness is a little slow. He's going to be a little liability on the defensive end. So the but,
0: playoffs maybe doesn't have quite the same impact, but, you know, remains to be seen. We'll see where he ends up.
1: Um, I'm yeah, sure he'll end up us. somewhere. I uh, just like the way he uh, pulled off Harden and said, like, like, I like the way he was shitting on Harden oh, yeah. before me Harden t- was Me
0: trading. too, me too, because, you yeah. know, yeah, Harden was being a, you know, D-bag about it and just...
1: <laughs> Thank you for censoring yourself, then.
0: All, all of the... Uh, yeah, all, all of the his teammates were, you know, pretty much at the end of their patience with him by the time he left, for good reason. But uh, let's move on to another bit of news we got here. Uh, so Kyrie Irving uh, a couple uh, days ago is complaining to the media about uh, the Nets unfair treatment and how the league has it out to get the Brooklyn Nets um this is a direct quote from postgame we're the team that gets someone taken out during COVID during games we're the team that has to deal with the refs we're the team that is battling against so many odds um so apparently the refs are out to get the Brooklyn Nets with their superstar trio of Kyrie, Katie, and Harden um despite, you know, currently ranking 4th in the league in free throw attempts, uh Kyrie wants more. Um and that's why, you know, he's you know, the level of player that he is. He's always driven to want more and he's driven, you know, to to complain and complain until he gets what he wants. And that's where he, you know, finds himself in a situation where, you know, he has Kevin Durant and James Harden and you know, uh brilliant supporting cast of players that, you know, can maybe finally get him over that hump, get back to that uh, Larry O'Brien this year, or the next, but uh, always striving to want more Kyrie Irving. Uh, with uh, respect to the comment about players getting taken out of games due to COVID mid-game, Uh, He's referring to KD, uh, I think it was a week or two ago. KD was in close contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID, um, and they tested positive during the game. That's when their test result came back. And league protocol doesn't forbid players from entering a game just because they're in close proximity with somebody who is, you know, borderline they don't know. Um, So, but once they did – Test positive. Durant was promptly taken out of the game in the third quarter. Um, this is all according to league protocol, which has been established. Um, Kerry took a slight to that, I guess. Um, Zach, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on you know the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the underdog of the league? Never get anything. Uh, never get anything
1: coming easy to them. I just feel bad for them. You know, they out here just. Trying their best, and Adam Silver is just making his mission to give them misery at every turn. So mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. You know, I don't. I don't know. I think Adam Silver probably needs to be investigated for malpractice. And um, I, it's it's unbelievable what's happening right now. And the Nets, and they they should easily be undefeated. Um There's no reason they should ever lose a game. And um I'm surprised they don't get 50 free-throw attempts a game, how many times they drive to the paint.
0: Yeah, exactly, with, you know, perimeter creators like KD and and Kyrie who make their living on the perimeter instead of in the paint. I'm surprised they don't get more free-throw attempts. But um, something to monitor. Uh, You know, know, for as much that can be said positively about DeMarcus Cousins, it's hard to say that, you know, he wouldn't fit well in this culture with uh, complaining about the refs. Um, and having you know the rest out to get him, oh. so maybe maybe uh, he could fill that starting center void that they got uh, going on there in Brooklyn.
1: Cousins, Cousins is not a complainer.
0: <laughs> he literally he, he literally like led the league in ejections because of his complaining in Sacramento, multiple that, years in a, a row. That was like
1: four years ago. Now he's a changed man. He's a changed man. man. He
0: there's a direct quote from Cousins' interview. I hope everybody sees what's really going on out here, because it's getting ridiculous.
1: Yeah. When was that? Like, 2016?
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. 2016, 2017? I don't know.
1: Then, are you the same man you were in 2016? Okay.
0: So a guy plays for the Rockets for two months, and all of a sudden, uh, Zach uh, ride, ride or die, r- rides or dies for him, defends him to the very end. Um
1: I've, all, I've always liked Cousins. I'm sure he he's, he's He's kind of an old school – he's like a perfect combination of old school center with, with the new school handles. always liked that about him. Like Jokic? I mean, dude, prime, prime DeMarcus Cousins. 25, like 13. He's and a good four. passer.
0: He's a good passer.
1: Great, pass. Great passer. Obviously, Great Jokic score. is a
0: better passer, but, I mean, Cousins probably a better scorer. No question. So – um, yeah.
1: Um but, you know, to be serious for a second, I don't know, like, Kyrie, I really, I don't understand what he's talking about here. Um, so uh, I, maybe I'm not seeing things with my third eye like he is. Maybe I need to invest in walking sticks.
0: I think you're um, third eye blind. But. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: uh, I still love what Kyrie does in the court. So maybe he has a point. Maybe we'll see him. Maybe we'll see his uh, his vision materialize at some point. But I, don't I hope
0: understand I him. hope we do. That'll okay. be an interesting vision for sure. Yes.
1: Uh,
0: our last bit of news before we wrap up uh, this segment: the Lakers reportedly interested in Miles Turner and PJ Tucker. Um, Zach, you're the one who pointed this out. This report. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about this? You
1: know, PJ Tucker. It's, I think it just. After the recent 7 games slide by the Rockets, I like think eight, eighth in the West for like a day. So I think there was some hope that we'd uh, squeak into the playoffs, but I think we got a lot of guys who are injury-prone. The offense, P.J. Tucker kind of doesn't fit. Uh, he just doesn't because how he benefited was standing in the corner and, P.J., and Harden would generate shots for him. That's not really how this offense works. There's a little bit more movement. And even if Wall, and if Wall drives, Wall's not driving to pass. Wall's driving the score. Same thing with Oladipo. And if they are passing, they're probably passing to Christian Wood, not P.J. Tucker. So I think P.J. Tucker, um, veteran guy, putting in his equity here, I think, I think the right thing for the Rockets to do is to move him. Um,
0: I think he'd be a pretty good fit in L.A. too, just the way that, you know, LeBron – drives that whole offense kind of. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, you, great.
0: it's it's a heliocentric type offense. I mean, obviously you have the balancing power with Anthony Davis as the role man, something that Harden has never had uh, to that extent. But, you know, the way that LeBron commands a defense is similar to the way Harden commands a defense in a lot of ways. And, you know, LeBron's a better passer than Harden, I would say, probably. I mean, they're both oh, elite passers, but, you know, I could definitely see LeBron kicking it out to P.J. Tucker in the corner and him having a very similar role role offensively. Um, And, you know, that just adds to their defense, too. It allows them to go small uh, if they want to. um, When Anthony Davis is out of the game, um, you're relying a lot less on, you know, aging Mark Gasol, too, uh, in those situations.
1: Gasol looks so bad out there. I, I told Noah. Um, like, first first game I saw, Gasol lost, like, 25 steps in, the, in like, the two months off season. And he looks terrible. But uh, I think Tucker at the 5, Morris at the 4. I mean, that that could be a dangerous lineup coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, or even starting some games, you know, with AD at the 5, Tucker at the 4. I think Tucker would be perfect. You said that Harden's never had a role, man. I guess we're going to just discount D12 and Quint Capella. I'm fine. saying
0: to the extent. Like, I mean... You have to admit that Anthony Davis is a much better offensive player than Dwight Howard, you know. Even if Howard, you um, know, was an elite rim protector, you know, a really good post guy, like Howard was way more post than he was roll man with with
1: Harden. No. When 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 the Har- when Harden when Howard was on the Rockets, he was totally in in um in a roll man situation. Howard had no post moves, and it was. He loved to take the ball in the
0: post, though. He loved he loved putting the back to the basket and firing up bricks.
1: Yeah, it'd be he'd average fourteen and fourteen, and it'd be like, wow, he's he's pretty effective. No, he's not. He's just not. Um, He never developed post moves with the Magic. He had one post move was a jump hook. And then on the Lakers, he was just more like a statue, just trying to pass to – I mean, he was trying to – a big man playing the triangle offense. So so
0: we're in agreement uh, that he wasn't as good as Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah, we're in agreement. I, I, just, I, I, uh, I missed when you said to the extent. I thought you meant like he's never had a role man before. Obviously, he's had a role man, but okay, yes. Okay, yeah, he's not. had
0: Clint Capella. He's mm-hmm. had Dwight Howard. He hasn't had an Anthony Davis. I said to the extent, so. Okay.
1: All right, I missed that. I missed that. You're right.
0: Anyway, so do you have anything more to add about that? (laughs) You're just trying to nitpick a little thing I said during uh, my explanation?
1: Just trying to clarify to to Adam, Logan, and Sam, and Noah.
0: Our loyal viewer uh, (laughs) coalition. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. Anything else to add? on? Well, I guess we didn't really talk about Miles Turner. Let's talk about him real quick. Pacers. I mean, I don't know if the Pacers are going to actually deal Miles Turner. Um, I could. I think I would envision uh, the Rockets dealing Tucker more, just because they're probably going to have some kind of fire sale if things aren't working out at the deadline. Um, but I mean, Miles Turner. You know, he's an elite defensive player. He can hit the three um, occasionally. He's not very consistent out there, but you know, he can hit it. Kind of similar to Marcus All a little bit, but younger um obviously he's more mobile than Marcus Gall um he's got different things to his game Marcus Dahl's a better passer um but i mean it's just i don't know I, I i don't really get investing a ton in a center when you have Anthony Davis already on your roster like i feel like there's other needs that you have that are more pressing i think PJ Tucker would be a much more reasonable Get uh, that fits better within the scheme and your needs, but yeah. Do you have anything to say, add on Miles I mean, Turner?
1: It would be not, I mean, you got what would you start? Turner at the 80 at the four, Turner at the five? Like, it just doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That does not, that. I mean, yeah, you, you would. Stand up I mean, make,
0: it wouldn't be the worst fit, but also, like, why? Like, doesn't really. Suit your needs, and who would you have to trade away to get Miles Turner? Like, probably someone significant.
1: Kuzma, and Danny Green.
0: Like, are they sending? <laughs> are they sending Harrell and Alex Caruso and some picks, or are they sending Dennis Schroeder? Like, you don't want to spend Dennis Schroeder. I
1: think uh-huh. they're going I think the Lakers kind of miss JaVale and, and Dwight Howard, and they're trying to find that replacement. And they may trade for Mo Bamba.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe they can uh, get Diakite uh, from the box too, while
1: they're at it. the Tark uh, Black.
0: G-Leaguers. Um, but let's move on to uh, yeah. a fan-favorite portion of the show. Um, portion of the show we've all grown to know and love. The Delhi Desktop.
1: So, got some big news. Really does today. It's uh, we actually got an official release from the Cleveland Cavaliers website. Okay. So, earlier this week, as of February 17th, Daly was able to return to workouts, and he was able to watch shoot rounds after his very major concussion.
0: So he's upgraded you know? to watching his team play.
1: Yes, before apparently he wasn't able to watch his team play, which wasn't is even allowed to
0: be in in bright lights. He's secluded in in the dark.
1: That's not confirmed, but that may be the case. And, and this is—it was just weird to read. Like he's been cleared to watch his team play. Like the dude probably got laid out by James Harrison. Like I don't—I don't know what happened. Uh, we, there's no video. But, yeah,
0: um, I don't know. I, I have actually—I read something recently where I, I read some report recently that Delhi has actually been instrumental to Colin Sexton's development. Uh, and something we hinted at on previous podcasts, but uh telly has yeah. been a real coach, coach from the sidelines, um, or maybe over Zoom or wherever he's doing it. But he's been instrumental in his development the past couple years. So,
1: oh, well, last last couple of years, but not last couple of weeks. If he's just now clear to watch his team play, I yeah, I don't imagine. know how that
0: works, but I, I did hear a report about it and. I don't know. Maybe they're talking about previous years. Maybe they're talking about training camp. I don't know. I don't know when he actually got the concussion or whatever.
1: Got it in preseason, um, like a week before the season started. But this is – so that was a, that was kind of a side note. It's like, okay, maybe he's coming back. And then the an hour before this podcast was recorded, Cleveland Cavaliers issued an official statement selling, saying that Deli had surgery. He had a pain in his lower abdomen that was actually appendicitis. Uh, so Append- ap- uh,
0: appendicitis.
1: Appendicitis. Thank you. And he's in recovery currently, and no timetable to return.
0: So they removed his appendix.
1: Potentially, yes. I
0: think that's what happens when you have appendicitis. I think they have to take away your appendix. I'm pretty sure. No. I'm no, I'm no, no. doctor. I'm not Doctor Ben, but you know. DB, DB, DB 23 three. Um, but that's uh, just yeah, you know, it's it's an inside joke for some of our listeners that may be uh, listening. Well, more reference. But uh,
1: either way, Delhi has been going through the fucking arena right now. So I wish Delhi all the best. Imagine barely getting cleared to watch watch like fast moving things happen in front of you, and mm-hmm. then wow, you're a pen, you 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 no longer have an appendix.
0: One too many coronas—that's what'll it'll, it'll do to you.
1: What are you? What are you doing right now?
0: You know, because Delhi is famous for loving his coronas.
1: Let's turn a little bit more of a somber note, and
0: uh... not everything has to be, uh, you know, sad, sack, Zach, you know, we can we can make light of things too. Delhi's Delhi's in full recovery. He'll be fine. We love the guy. No,
1: we don't. We we don't know that. We he do know that recovery. We He's know that because we
0: believe in Outback Jesus and.
1: I feel like you're not taking this as
0: say Zach, say thirteen Saint Mary's and go to bed, all right.
1: I don't even know what that Hail Mary's?
0: He went to Saint Mary's College, so yes, it's a it's a reference to Hail Mary's. Let's, Let's move on. Bonus prize. <laughs> Didn't realize I'd get criticized for every small joke I made on this podcast.
1: Apparently do uh, we got
0: I don't know do we got uh, <laughs> we got the number one critic oh. for New York Times here on uh on the other end but
1: uh i don't know how drunk you are all right i don't know i've
0: had one beer you've had way more I, beers I, than I've i do so that
1: <laughs> explains
0: that. a lot um let's move on to our bonus fry baller we talk about a player who has been playing surprisingly well this season uh the bonus fry at the bottom of the bag i'll go because i think you have something a little different today um my bonus for Eyeballer this week, Bobby Portis. What oh. about including him on last episode in place of Wayne Ellington? Um, Bobby Portis is averaging 11.3 points, 7.3 rebounds, on 48.4% from deep, uh, 54.8% from the field. That's good for a true shooting percentage of 61.3% in 21.5 minutes per night. Uh Bobby Portis, uh, making some case for a six-man-of-the-year argument, uh, I don't think he would get something like that, but he's definitely in the conversation for being one of the better bench pieces in the league. Um, and, you know, this is a signing that was criticized by some. Some people were excited about it for the Bucs. Um, nobody expected Bobby Portis to be shooting close to 50% from three, Um but, you know, in this role, in a smaller role coming off the bench, when he's playing around great players like Giannis and Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, you know, he's a lot of the load has been taken off of him, a lot of the defensive pressure, and he's kind of been able to get into his groove a little bit more often. Um, he's hitting the long two consistently, he's hitting the three consistently. He's got some good post moves. Um, definitely surprising from what I kind of thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. Um, I was higher on him than some. Uh, in our, I think it was our third episode of the podcast. I had Adam McGee on from. Uh, he's a former uh, site expert at Behind the Buck Pass. Uh, we're talking Bucks and the Bucks off season, kind of what, where they were, um, and we talked about Bobby Portis briefly. Adam was not that high on him I was a little bit higher than Adam um, but you know he's really he's done what he's been asked and more um, he hasn't been you know a standout defender or anything like that but he's definitely held his own more than I think a lot of people thought he would um, he hasn't been like that big of a liability on that end um, you know the Bucks defense hasn't been great this year but um, I think that's a testament to some of the other pieces they lost as well, um, as well as the team kind of just not being able to, you know, function the same level it has in past years. I think the Lees kind of caught up to it a little bit. Um, Zach, any thoughts on the Bobby Portis renaissance in Milwaukee?
1: Two things. One, um, these sound like the Marcus Cousins numbers. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah? Is DeMarcus Cousins shooting 50% from three?
1: No, he's shooting like 38%. Oh! He's, he's averaging 11 and 8, all right?
0: Okay, what what about his field goal percentage?
1: He had one bad night that's that's brought it down. He had a one for eight night that's oh, really okay. brought so it that's,
0: down. So one, one night brought down an entire season's worth of data. Hmm. Seems a little fishy
1: to me. I mean, it's not like he's shooting under 40% for the season, right? (laughs) I mean, that'd be crazy, but um, had a rough start. Um, Still fine in his groove. I mean, a big man, it's hard to play with scoring point guards, and he's playing with Oladipo and John Wall. John Wall in the past has been more of a passing point guard. I think he's still trying to get his feet wet. So I'm looking forward to when John Wall has put up some good games, but I think he needs to switch more to – be more of a facilitator, so it's hard for a big man to find his groove when it's like you just pass it to the big man and ask him to go to work instead of creating shots for him. So I think what Bobby Portis is in, I haven't watched as many Bucks games as you have.
0: He creates his own shot quite
1: often, numbers, but... which is exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's good. Uh, Bobby Portis is having a great, great, uh, great month of February. Uh, I remember he started off a little shaky, but it um, seems like he's super efficient. Uh, a massive upgrade over Robin Lopez. That's so, for
0: sure. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, good um, things for Bobby Porter. Shout out to Bobby,
0: Bobby uh, boy. Um, what is what do you, what do you have for us this week, Zach? Uh, we, we don't really have a segment name, but you know, Zach said he's got a little he's got a little surprise for us here to to round out the podcast.
1: Look, it, it's kind of like a bonus fry. But it's not really, and it, my my it's like a player highlight that I I chanced upon. So Ben, do you know that we're um we've already qualified for the FIBA Cup, but we're playing games right now, pretending like we're qualifying for the FIBA Cup. Do you know that? No. We have an American basketball team right now that has already qualified for FIBA, but we're playing games just to get some get some reps in. Okay. And can you name that team right now? All, 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 all former players in the NBA.
0: All and former players, playing, so it's not, it's not it's like playing, the
1: Olympic team where
0: it's like the best of the best. This is former players who are not in the NBA anymore that are American best. players.
1: These are players who formerly played in the NBA but are now playing. Uh, they recently played the Bahamas and so we won like eighty-two to seventy-three. So this is this is not an indictment upon your knowledge of the NBA. I didn't know this happened before, but just just name three players that formerly played in the NBA, but you think may still have, like, viable playing ability. And okay. just try your best. Three players. Okay.
0: But these are American-born players, right? Because it's FIBA, so. No question. They represent the U.S. Okay, so.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Glenn Davis. Is Glenn Davis on the team?
1: i say a great guess, but no.
0: Mo states
1: Another great guess, but no.
0: Okay. Uh, Isaiah Thomas?
1: Isaiah Thomas! That's actually super impressive. So Isaiah Thomas had 19 in the USA's qualifier against the Bahamas. He did have six turnovers. Okay. And their coach of this team is Joe Fronty. No way. And he said, you know, I like the way he played, but the turnovers are an issue. Uh, his defense lacked a little bit, but that's part of my scheme. Uh, my schemes, my schemes, lacking as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good old Joe, that
1: average, average Joe,
0: Joe.
1: humble Joe. Yeah,
0: led the Bucks after the kid firing to a swift playoff exit um, against the uh, Boston Celtics. But you know, it Hirey took them to seven the games. Oh. So that's something. That's something the to hang Celtics your hat on.
1: The Celtics team take the Cavs to seven, yeah. seven games. True. Okay, so, Isaiah, Ta- you, you get – I'm going to vendle you, like, 20 cents for that. That was great. Isaiah?
0: Ta- <laughs>
1: okay. Together, the other two? Joe Wait, can Josh? I – can I
0: – oh, I was going to get uh, – sorry, sorry,
1: sorry,
0: I, Joe Johnson might have been one of my guesses, though, because he, he – he's still good, and he, you know, he was in the big three for a little bit there. Is Mo – I don't know if, hmm. How old is Mo Williams now? Is he too old?
1: Probably. So Joe Johnson had eleven points and six assists, so he's okay. more that you know facilitator part of his career. Um the last person, that the, there's eight former veterans with the notable three. So we got you got Isaiah, we got Joe Johnson. The third was a self forward. So not Glenn Davis, but the, the power forward that came after Glenn Davis. Brandon, H- Bass? Brandon Bass. Brandon Bass. <laughs> <laughs> 12 points and ten boards. Oh my gosh! I can't, be- I can't I, I believe my, Brandon my Bass. <laughs> I oh, could Lord. just like take a big three roster and <laughs> play it at the Bahamas.
0: I can't believe I can't believe uh, like Jr. Smith isn't on that team. That's another one I would have guessed.
1: Yeah. Anyman Shupper would be, but he's on the Nets now.
0: Yeah, he's in the league still. J.R. Smith is still looking for a contract.
1: And this but... to be, I guess, Roberson would be here too, but he's on the Nets as well. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Nets are just picking up USA FIBA players. That's right. Um. So. Cool. Cool. Uh... Yeah, uh, James Nunnally, do you know who that is? Or yeah. Traps Munnings? I don't know who those guys are. No,
0: I don't know who that is either.
1: But, yeah, that's how we're – it's kind of a bonus fry. I I, I like it.
0: I like it. I like that. That's a good way to end out the show. Um, (laughs) With that being said, uh, that concludes the 12th episode of the Backseat GM Podcast. Uh, You can now find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Simplecast. Um, We'll be here next week probably, uh, hopefully, I think, and – You can find us on social media, Twitter, and Instagram, backseatgmpod. Thank you, Zach.
1: And just one last bit of advice, Ben, is if you have feelings for a girl, commit to her.
0: Peace out. Is that the uh, double IPA talking?
1: (sighs) Probably going to watch La La Land tonight.
0: Down bad. Down eternally bad. That's a yeah. Let's uh, let's
1: yeah, let's, uh, it. let's end
0: right. this podcast before the second half cringe steps in. Catch <laughs> you next
1: week, babe.
0: Catch you next week, sir.